Oh, sorry. Look, I'm black. The beat gets you sometimes. I'm just saying. And the beat's kind of nice. It's, you know, some nice, mellow thing. It gets you a little bit. You know, it has some Chinese food. I got my hot tea. And I got some really cool guests. So I'm not going to apologize for jamming to the song. I mean, it's a free domain song, so don't worry about it. Folks, hello and welcome to another episode of The Hungry Bleak Show. I am Antonio Palmares. And look, it's been a, a crazy time. New year. I've got these shows coming up. Uh, you're going to be in store for some really fun guests, uh, great comics. Eventually, we'll have our sit down little conversation where I talk to you both. But for right now, I've got people coming in and out and I'm enjoying every second of it. And this show is going to be just a part of that really fun cavalcade. So a few months, maybe a year back, can't remember what it was. I talked to you all about Weisinger Comics and a comic called Magnus. And the thing that I said about it is that I really enjoyed it, loved it, it was fun, and it reminded me of a 90s comic. Hold on, wait a minute. I don't mean a whole lot of pockets and somebody not drawing feet. Not shaming anyone. But it felt in that way of just a really great adventure. It it it, it just it, it took me back to that time of reading comics in the 90s. Um, even with the nice, bright, bold colors and just a really cool story. And it felt like, yeah, this is awesome. So that's what we're going to talk about today, plus a whole lot more because we've got these two incredible people coming on. So without any further ado, folks, from Wiseacre Comics, very exciting, we have Frederick Littles and Mark Glaive. What's up? What's hello, up? Hello. How are you both doing this evening? Doing great. Doing great. Well, thank you. Outstanding. Outstanding. Um. Thank you very much for joining us. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, um, I've just enjoyed what Weizaker has uh, brought to us so far. And I know there's a lot more to come up. But first, let's get to know Weizaker. How did Weizaker Comics come about? So I'm uh, Frederick Little's uh, founder and owner of uh, Weizaker Comics. And it came about two ways, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Back in high school, I used to draw a lot. Um, I used to draw a lot of characters to write. Uh, and then I fell in love with music. So I put the pen and everything down and uh, really, really enjoyed uh, going through the music portion of my life. Uh, it wasn't until roughly back in uh, 2018 when Black Panther released. And, and that was like an epic time, right? Because you had this great movie that was just inspiring everything in a way as well. And that really started the foundation and set things into motion to where I started writing again. Uh, because I wanted to really see my stories out in the forefront as well. Uh, and I asked the question, you know, we have this amazing cast. We have this this amazing character and everything. Why now? Why are we just now getting this, this character, this movie? Uh, and, and so I made a decision, a conscious decision and everything to say, you know what? Let me take a leap, of, a leap of faith and start crafting my own stories. So I dust off some old scripts. I went back to uh, my first book, A Comma, uh, before Magnus, wrote that story, which was roughly six issues to become a graphic novel. And then I decided to go ahead and do Magnus. Uh, when I launched Wise Acre Comics, not knowing at the time, because we're into, into this, this space, I had no experience 
in the comic realm of things. I didn't know anything about indie comics. I didn't know anything about producing a comic book. Uh, I didn't know anything about trying to find an artist. Uh, none of these things. And so the hard part was allowing an artist to take my script and bring it to life and be able to visualize what that would look like going forward in the future and have somebody else read that book and either enjoy it or not enjoy it. And, and so there was a lot of bit of depth there, right? You're like, man, I'm putting my neck out there and, and now I'm going to show my, showcase myself to the world and it's going to be through a written form. And so it's a little bit scary. And so uh, what I decided to do was really take a look into one of my favorite, one of my heroes, Dwayne McDuffie uh, from Milestone. And the way he did things was a, a, a blueprint for me to follow. Uh, he changed the face of comics. I'm going to put it, put it out there mm-hmm. uh, as a freelancer at that. Right. And so that's why I love the any space, the inner community and everything, because you have this, you're not restricted on what you can and cannot say within your story. And, and you have this freedom that's unrestricted and everything where the handcuffs and everything comes off. And, and so he was able to establish this giant, this cultural phenomenon and everything pretty much. Lights of Static Shock, uh, Black Lightning, Vixen, Icon, Rocket, Power, you name it, right? And I wanted to, to follow the same setup and that's how Wise Acre Comics came about. Wow. I mean, everything you mentioned was a hit and definitely like iconic characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, Dwayne McDuffie, obviously, is one of those. I mean, the he's called the maestro for a reason. He's one of those people who will always like that's that bar. Like there are certain people that are that bar. Yeah. And you want to be that bar. I also love the fact that you went and and looked at what he did so you could do your thing because one day someone's going to look at what you did so they can do their thing and that's the beauty of indie comics like like you were saying there's no there's no restrictions the weights are off you can do whatever you want to do and there's so many different avenues that we all take and i think that's one of the most beautiful things about indie comics is and 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 that culture is that it's whatever you want to do i mean it's creator owned for a reason now, Mark, how did you get your start in comics, and how did you become um, a part of Wiseacre? Uh, well, I, I grew up reading comics. Um, I, I told Fred <laughs> that uh, when I was in Jamaica, uh, primary school, I um, I used to steal my lunch money in order to buy the trading cards for uh, for Marvel. <laughs> So I was in it. I was in it to win it for a while. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna um, plead the I, fifth I, on that. Yeah, <laughs> I actually used to draw too, um, in like junior high and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I also, you know, took a pause on that kind of stuff. At well, a forever pause because if you saw my draw now, you know why we have to hire artists. You know what I mean? Um, but I started diving into a, a, an interconnected universe idea that was it was supposed to be told from the perspective of, of BIPOC, any, any kind of minority, to be honest with you, but but particularly Black people. Um, and it'd be all kinds of, of genres and everything like that from time immemorial, but it would be from the perspective of the minority. Um, <clears throat> 
So, you know, thriller is in books, horror stories, comics, anything like that. that that's what the way of common umbrella is. Um, but it was kind of just an idea, you know, just you know, little notes here, this kind of thing. And then um, George Floyd happened um, in 2020. And I felt impotent, for lack of a better word. I, I, had, I had no idea what to do with what I was feeling. And I, I knew so many people around me who were feeling the same way. And I said, you know, hey, you, you kind of have some skill with a pen. You know, let's, let's, let's get behind the idea you had for a while. And that was the genesis of Dark Sentinel. So I, I started that. I wrote 10 issues of that to be a graphic novel and realized how expensive that was going to be. And then I saw, I believe, um, another indie publisher on Instagram, and they were taking submissions. And I said, oh, this, this is a good idea. So I kind of, you know, threw, threw the bait out there. And Wiseacre Comics came through. They said, hey, you know, I like this stuff. Let's see if we can team up, get together. And the rest is history. I th- what you said, <clears throat> um, George Floyd, and that feeling of it's like you want to communicate how you're feeling. And a lot of times how we communicate how we're feeling is with our art. Mm. And that's how we can get out our our pain, our hurt, our love, our anger, our joy, our happiness, whatever is that, that whatever is the, the, the feeling that you're feeling. And it's very cathartic. So I love that you went that route with it for feeling. And truthfully, I'm going to I'm going to say this outright. Um, thank you for using the word impotent. Because it's a word that is it shows vulnerability. It also shows uh, a strength in using the word because it's a word that men, especially especially black men will shy away from. So to even use that to to describe how you felt mentally and emotionally is, I mean, right there shows that that's it's a very strong word that strikes very deeply in a lot of our minds and to show that. So, yeah. And the fact that you were able to create something and then that you were able to create it and submit it and then Wiseacre picked it up. That's a great chain of events um, that hopefully, again, like I said to Frederick, will inspire someone. So out of that pain can come more nurturing and a, a bigger, deeper community, more connective tissue there. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, Wiseacre, I was introduced to Wiseacre through Magnus. And I forgot, even, I don't know if it was on IG or if I was just scroll, because sometimes I'll just scroll through Facebook, uh, excuse me, not Facebook. I'll scroll through Kickstarter sometimes just to, because it shows me what I want to see. So sometimes I'll just scroll through and I'll be like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's got like 29 more days. Okay. Oh, that's got four more days. What's up? Okay. That one's got three more hours. Oh, what's I, I got checked out. What's good? You know, it's it's like this weird like like time bomb that you don't know what's gonna be going going. Well, you're like, oh, you don't know where. So I love that. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, this looks dope. And I got it and say bet one. And I had, and there was so many other comics that came with it. I don't remember if it was a stretch goal or if I just got a bundle. I don't know, but it was all there. And I was like, okay, bet. And I had such fun and such joy. And I was like, okay, I love seeing indie 
publishers like Wiseacre coming up and blossoming and nourishing and just coming bigger, bigger and having submissions where we can get something like Dark Sentinel in there. There was another book um, that came out of uh, that was part of uh, Wiseacre now and um, and um, and uh, Beyond Caribbean, mm-hmm. um, which was oh my god, um, it wasn't. I'm trying to remember which comic it was because there were two comics: Stray Dogs, Diary Stray Dogs, and Critical Ops Text Force. Yes, thank you. The second one is the one I always mess up the title. I'm like, y'all got a lot of letters in that title, man. <laughs> You got to help me out. You got to help a brother out. I'm talking a lot. I got a stammer. I'm drinking tea. You, you got to help me out. But I love, but again, I love seeing that connection and networking and everybody bonding and saying, how's this? How you, you want to do a team up like you would in the comic book. You want to do a team up and let's fight this. Let's do this. I love it. So many projects are a part of Wiseacre, which I think are incredible. As I'm going to show the people who are, who are watching the video right now, I'm going to show the website. I mean, uh, can you talk about some of the projects that you have coming down the pipe or some of the ones that really have made a a, a, a mark on everyone? As, as we see uh, Magnus here, which is like the one I was introduced to. And just the the colors and the art and the bold, it's just, yeah. Damn, so, yes. Yeah, so a lot of folks ask me how I'm able to uh, create and write all of these projects and everything. And a lot of it comes through uh, past pain and trauma. Uh, through the fighting through depression. And so when I lost my mom back in 2018 also, uh, back in December, uh, I went into a state of depression because I couldn't, I didn't know how to handle handle grief. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, uh, like I said, I, I really delved into just writing, journaling, uh, and just getting my ideas and thoughts and everything on paper uh, and writing poetry. And, and so, you know, really to digest and understand and comprehend the amount of grief I was dealing with and everything. Uh, and, and so to be able to see there and, and be there with her when she took her last breath, uh, it was a, tr- a tremendous impact on my life. With that, uh, every single story starts with pain. Uh, it starts with, you know, the thought of, of struggle, sacrifice, uh, to where I start at the, the end, and give you a little bit of the beginning as well, mixing two, and that really spun Magnus. Uh, but one thing I wanted to delve into is I researched my mom's background of thing and her, uh, her, 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 just her context of life in general. I wanted to get to know where she came from, her roots and everything too. We're spun into, you know, a little bit more to Africa. Um, and so I thought of a cool ideal to where, uh, yes, you have this superhero, but I wanted to delve into African folklore where you thought about the Orishas. Uh, you don't really see that in comics and stuff. And, and so I wanted to really give you a parallel story and, and, and provide a context and everything where we're, we're talking about this family, uh, this struggle they're going through for being, you know, in a single parent household, uh, but his, his unique relationship with his mom, but also the Arishas and Beta Terra, they're part of the story as well. And combine those into just one central plot. Uh, and so we was able to script myself and Devin R. Scott, who's my co-writer on the series. Uh, we was able to script 16 issues for the first arc for this tremendous story uh, for Magnus. Uh, with that came Crisis, came Okama, came Ages Done, uh, came Aura, came the First Kings, and, and so many more that we have in production right now. Uh, and then a collaboration with the House of Wise family, who's bringing a tremendous amount of heat uh, this year <laughs> and into the future. 
Uh, I cannot wait to showcase uh, what we have been working on behind the scenes. Uh, but uh, Magnus, the next step into Magnus and everything, uh, just for a preview, uh, we're going to release a trade paperback, mm -hmm. which consists of Magnus issues one through six. So, yes, issues five and six are in production. Uh, that'll be our next biggest Kickstarter and everything for uh, for Wiser Comics uh, within the Magnus universe. Uh, and then from there and everything, like I said, we have a lot of other uh, books in uh, getting produced and everything as well. I'm currently writing one of my favorites, Veve, uh, which is a, a, a voodoo-like New Orleans based who that nation, yes, mm -hmm. uh, series and everything uh, where I take this young lady and she's really pretty much uh, has a bloodline of Papa Lekba uh, that really delves into the voodoo aspects of, of their lore in their world. So definitely looking forward to that one as well as Drifters, uh, which is based in kind of like our first manga in, in a way. Uh, so definitely looking to that one as well. Uh, so there's a lot in store uh, for the future here at Wise Acre Comics uh, and also to collaboration with uh, Godhood Comics as well. I love that you said the Orishas. I have noticed over the last say, five years, what have you, yeah, yeah, maybe five or so years, where they've become a, more a part of comic lore and being used, where at one time we would only get more like um, angels, demons, even mm -hmm. more like that. So to bring more of that into it. And, and I love that feeling. Um, you know, we've been getting more of that in our comics, which I think is incredible. The fact that you use this for your depression and using it to kind of work through what you were going through, I think is admirable. Um, I think that's, again, a, a way of having that pain. And this was your way of communicating. And working through it and also showing love to your mother. I think that's a very admirable thing. And that's, a, again, a beautiful thing, how the art form can be used and how you can, you literally can put blood, sweat, and tears, mm -hmm. not just figuratively, but literally on the page or on the screen. And it can, you can definitely feel it through there. Um, the thing that I love the most about Magnus is the fact of talking about the intergalactic war and the fact that most times when we get a story like that about how there's an intergalactic war going on and um, they have to go to Earth because there's a child there or a young teen or, or, or a uh, young adult who is the savior of um, the universe or is a member of a royal family who will help stop the war or what have you. It's always been a white character. And that's always annoyed the absolute hell out of me. Because I'm like, and it's it's always been that way. If you look um, at like movies and stuff, and it was something that we that we get a lot of, and it's always a really interesting story. It's a great story, but it would always be something like that, and it always used to irk me. So then when I saw Magnus, and it was the war, and they were looking for this young kid um, who was in class and everything, I was like, yes, okay, bet you already had me, but now you definitely have me in it in a headlock. Definitely. You definitely have me in like that WWE. I'm not going, mm -hmm. you ain't going nowhere headlock. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that that brought it out to me even more too. And then to see the character develop and to see more of the history given of the character and and the lineage 
And again, having the Orishas in there was an absolute um, uh, must and a stroke of genius. And I, I love that part of it. It's, it's, it's incredible. Sure. Um, yeah, everything that you have coming down now, like as, as I'm showing the uh, yeah, the the artwork and some of the some of the um, the comics, I was scrolling through and I thought that I had shared it. That's why I said damn because the art always hits me. So <laughs> now that I realize I wasn't sharing it earlier, that damn is going to sound completely random. And um, <laughs> I would apologize, but y'all know sometimes I just do random things on the camera anyway, so it doesn't really matter. You're good because you're going to go and buy the comics because they're incredible comics. Anyway, um, what do you see as far as like aside from Magnus and all the incredible um, comics that you have coming out? What do you see as being the future of indie black comics like do you see there i mean because the 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 culture is so deep and stacked at this point and becomes more and more stacked every day which i love where do you see the the culture in maybe let's say the next five years or so well i, I definitely answer this question and, and pass on to mark and everything too i think he has something to say on this one as well uh one thing i see and it's a uh, from my generation right I came up in comics from my uncles and everything, my brothers and whatnot, sharing their stories and everything with me, uh, sharing books and stuff as well. Uh, what I see that has to happen, we have to be kind of like the, the guardians and everything in a way of being able to pass the baton to the next generation. Uh, there was a gap in there, right? Because even my kids today and everything, my sons and daughter and whatnot, uh, they didn't read many comic books. A lot of that's because, you know what? They, they wasn't into it. And we have to figure out a way to be able to connect with that that generation of new readers and they'll be able to get them involved and maybe to create their own stories as well, be able to produce comic books and stuff too. So that way the industry can continue to thrive. Uh, and that's why you see a very diverse group of, of creators out there and everything that's very passionate about this 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 space, uh, telling and sharing their stories. And I want them to continue to do so. Uh, and we need those stories because everybody has a story to tell and only the person that has went through their life and everything, their 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 their, their uh, situations across the board, can tell that story. And oftentimes, it's either through a book or through comic books, through visual arts and everything too. Um, and, and so, the next five years, we're going to see a tremendous amount of content that's coming from Black and Brown folk because they have to, something they want to say, and they're going to say it through a visual medium which really connects with the audience. And, and so uh, hopefully in the future and everything, like I said, we'll start seeing the next generation step up to the plate uh, to be more vocal and be able to share their stories and everything as well and their ideals. Over to you, Mark. Um, well, I mean, y y what I think is, is basically just under the umbrella of what you just said. I, I think um, it's really important for our community now, the indie community in, in this space, to to meet um, the the next generation of, of of viewers of this kind of material where they will be, where they want to be, and I think right now it's the animated stuff. I think that all the um, the the up and coming, the bigger. Um, publishers in our space, you know, like uh, Black Sand, God of Comics and that kind of thing. Um, they're working on on that, which is fantastic because I think that you're gonna find less and less 
um, of these younger guys and, and girls reading comics because they want to see things animated. You know what I mean? They want to see the the cartoon. They want to see what would have been on the page in stills. They want to see it, you know, with with uh, voice actors. They want to see all the the computer generated imagery, all of that. You know, it's a bit more visceral that way. And I, I think that's where we're headed. It's it's you know with that the advent of social media and that kind of thing. The it's a I want it now. I need it now. Give it to me now. Kind of thing going on, and I think that's how you answer that. If you progress to a point where you are <clears throat> staying with the times, basically, and mm-hmm. I think you have to do that. Even even if we can find a way to 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 find the next big thing before it becomes the big thing, we that's that's where our head has to be. I believe. Yeah, I mean, both both of you are definitely hit on the head. I mean, between cultivating that next generation, that next step in. Um, whether it, it is through animation, what have you, or cultivating that next generation of creatives, either by, you know, maybe having them, you know, draw on, on, on the paper when you're writing or them writing, you know, some type of the thing where you can nurture them in and go, well, this is what I do. You know, would you like to see what I do when I make, I make cartoons and comics, what have you, whatever particular, whatever medium your artwork goes through. In that way, I think those are both very two points. Um, yeah, and that instant gratification is a real thing, especially nowadays, because mm-hmm. you can, you know, go right on Amazon before you know there was even TikTok. Everything Amazon, you you can get it the next day. You yeah. know what I mean? You can yeah. get, you know, you can order toothpaste, and by the time you wet your brush, it's already at your door. <laughs> they might yeah. even be squeezing the tube onto your toothbrush, <laughs> onto your toothbrush through the window. You, I mean, you know what have you? So that's definitely true. One thing that we cannot get instant gratification on because it takes a little time, but it's so much worth it is a Kickstarter. And you're going to have a Kickstarter for Dark Sentinel. All right. Uh, now, can you tell us a bit about the Kickstarter and what we can expect from it? I'm going to let you have it one, Mark. Oh, Mark. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the um, this is my first foray into into this like the Kickstarter. I am leaning heavily uh, on, on Fred's experience. <laughs> that <laughs> was like three H's right there. He's like, yeah, <laughs> you know. So I'm hoping the community comes out and supports um, my first comic and my first uh, Kickstarter. Um, so the character is called Dark Sentinel. And as I said, this this kind of started with the um, the George Floyd killing in in 2020, and <clears throat> the the basic premise is a vigilante who's going after corrupt police officers, right? <clears throat> but of course, with vigilantism and with rage, with anger, there is there is also this sense of I I just need healing, you know what I mean? So it it comes through this lens of pain and rage um, that he's going after these cops. So it, it, he's not doing anything benevolent. You know what I mean? He's he's trying to heal himself because of what he lost due to the actions of a corrupt police officer. Uh, he's going around and he's, he's handling business and the people in his life, they're trying to get him back on the right track, so to speak, try to do things the right way. You know, he's got a ton of money because of how things i don't want to you know get too deep into what's going to happen and, and spoil all those things but he, he's in a position where 
if he was in the right frame of mind, he could do a lot to help the community, mm-hmm. politically, economically, that kind of thing. Um, so we're, we're going on a journey. We're trying to see his growth into becoming, hopefully, a real hero. Or you never know, maybe maybe he will stick to this path and uh, and become somewhat a villain, of a villain. You never know. Um, I don't want to give too much away. But the Kickstarter starts uh, February sixth, excuse me, um, and we're we're hoping the indie community comes out and um, gets us to that next level because there is a lot in store. Like I said, I wrote when I started this ten issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a ton of you see behind me. All of these characters are in the same universe, and <clears throat> each character represents something that. Um, I think about as far as the black community, like Dark Sentinel, we're touching on the complacency of the black community within the confines of of how things are legislated, how how we're overseen by by law, uh, you know, police and and the and the um, the courts and that kind of thing. The next guy is Damien, and his story is about what we lost as black people taken from Africa. There's a kind of amnesia factor going there, you know, that kind of thing. So all the characters are representing a, a something that has to do with with um, being Black in America and that kind of thing. So if we can get this Kickstarter going, you know, we can get issue two out, that kind of thing. We build a good audience, a good uh, community, and we can start to tell other stories, maybe in different mediums, you never know, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm hoping we can we can do something. Definitely will, because this episode is going to be airing on the 16th, so we'll be out there in it. So you will be, I am going to say it, I'm going to say it right out there. By the time this episode is out, you will already be funded, and you will be hitting stretch goals. I'm going to put it out there. You you say it, and it happens, so I'm going to say it out loud. I'm going to say it, I'm going to take ownership of it. This is what's going to happen. I, I love the fact that you're giving us, you know, obviously the entertainment, the action, the, um, the, um, uh, living vicariously through Dark Sentinel, but the fact that you said that each of these people are giving you a different aspect of being black in America. I love when we give storytelling like that as well, and also give that emotion in there. That 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 um that's something that we can feel, and even if we might not feel this character, we can understand this character, or like there's somebody there that across the board we can empathize with we can go yeah that's how i feel or you might even be able to go oh i i understand that thought process now because right. that's my favorite character so now i i understand that mm-hmm. because we are not and people loved saying this for a while and then they stopped because i think they started to i think some people really didn't understand the fact of it that blackness is not a monolith we are not all the same mm-hmm. you know and we're, I mean, not just our looks, but also our mindsets, our our values, our mm-hmm. upbringing, our ways of dealing things with things. We all have different ways. And so I love the fact that there are going to be different aspects of it, because that's important to show that we all aren't, that we are all black and we have that commonality. But not all of us are thinking this way or that way. Mm-hmm. Not all your skin folk are your kin folk, but mm-hmm. 
unfortunately you know what i mean but that's but to, but to have that aspect of it is very important and to show that and so we as black people can say yeah we're not a monolith but then everybody wants to have the same mindset which unfortunately even if we don't agree with someone we have to go that's your mindset that's what it is right i can't change that and and we've had that either online or at holiday dinners we've had that we've mm -hmm. had those oh man here here come uncle george oh god <laughs> every time it's don't give him that brown look or don't give oh you don't give him that last. Oh, man. <laughs> all right honey let's go get the kids come on no uh, -uh. Yep. No, let's roll let's roll let's roll we gotta go no i don't care if we ain't got sweet potato pie yet i'll let us out let's go let's roll up get the plates let's we gotta go that's it i'll make a pie tomorrow i don't care let's get that on the bottom here let's go so we all have that. We all have had that experience where we're like, you know, obviously that's where the phrase who all going to be there. That's why we right. have that phrase. Right. Who's going? Oh, man, I'm having to cook on next week. Oh, we're, yeah. Uh, Who's coming? Who all going to be there? Gerald. Man, you know, I, man, you know, I don't even mess with, you know, I don't mess with him, man. You know, ever since that, you know, that Chevelle accident, man, that 1973, I don't, I don't, I don't play with that guy. So showing that is beautiful. And I love that aspect. Um, as, as creatives, as artists, as black people, um, I always love asking this question because it's very important that we understand and that we acknowledge and that we, um, just say it out loud, um, mental health, anxiety, everything it hit us a lot during the pandemic. So I always love knowing what's something that you do that's self-care, something that keeps you grounded. I'm gonna start with Mark. Um, well, for me, self-care is not doing anything, honestly, because the, for work, I am up and down stairs on my knees, underneath sinks. It's a very physically taxing kind of job. And then with everything going on uh, in the news and politics everywhere else, you've got mentally taxing things happening as well. So, when I'm when I'm doing self care, it's it's all about just absorbing. So you know, I'm I'm in the couch and whatever it is, I'm watching anime, I'm watching some movies. You know, um, I know it's you want to say something other than the writing, but that is also a thing that I do for the self care too, in order to you know kind of center myself. But I really just absorb from other media. I like to to learn things by watching what's going on. Oh, how did this guy do this? Or, you know, when he was writing one or what he was thinking, go and research that. So that that's my self-care. That's very important. Nothing is completely suitable. <laughs> Sometimes you just go, <laughs> and, and it's hard to not, honestly, yes. it's, it's hard to not. Like, that wasn't an audio mistake, folks. That was no, literally saying, it's hard to not. <laughs> it should be easy. Yeah. But it's not it's very it's it's very difficult to do because you have life, you have work, you have families, you have things you go, oh, man, I got to go grocery shopping. Oh, you know, what? I got to pay. I got to even though something can be so easy as, oh, you know what? I have to pay my cable bill, which you can do from your phone. It's still mentally taxing. Uh, and, it, you know, the slightest thing and the news, especially. Yes, I don't really watch um, nationwide news. I watch more local news. So I know what's going on in my area it's much easier and it's my corner of the world that I can kind of deal with. Right. You know what I mean? So look, doing nothing is completely goals on some days. 
I'll be honest with you. I will read a comic and read. Well, that's actually me being generous. I will read a panel seven times and that was all. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not the comic. No, the comic is phenomenal. But I'm like, I. So I know that panel backwards and forwards at this point, but I doze off. So doing nothing, I applaud you, sir. If you're able to do that and that's what helps you and that gets you, hats off to you, seriously. Frederick, what about you? What's your self-care? Well, you know, after a a long week and to decompress, to unwind a little bit and everything, I pour into the family. Uh, And so we really enjoy movies, right? We have a movie outing. It doesn't matter if it's a good movie or a bad movie. We're going to go see a movie. Uh, Because I guarantee you on that ride back to the house, there's going to be a conversation in the car. And I get tremendous joy out of seeing my girls and everything and my wife and talking about the movie and just sitting there just listening to either their amazement of the movie, they loved it, or the disappointment of like, Mm -hmm. I was just here like a soap opera Mm -hmm. in the car just going. And it's music to my ears because, again, it's time to spend with the family. But to be able to spend that time with them uh, means the most to me. And so I really delve into that nature of uh, spending that time with them because it, it gives me that joy that I, I really look, I look forward to. That's phenomenal. I mean, because you hit it on two fronts, the movie night and then the family. I, I think that's great that. And, and that's been a, a really consistent answer with a lot of people that I've had where they've said that family time. And I love hearing that. I absolutely love like that really warms me. You know what I mean? That's a beautiful thing that that's your self-care because there's some days when you're like, I mean, we got to take soccer, we got martial arts, we got the piano practice, we got all the stuff going on. And it, and you're like, and, and there are some days where you're like, dad, and you're like, I don't even know who dad is. Look, I'm, I'm, I, I can't hear nothing. I can't hear you. Like you, you, you try not to, you know, and which is understandable. Being a parent is a tremendous amount of work and upkeep, obviously. Yes, it is. But then to have those, those times when you're like just listening mm-hmm. again, you're just listening and taking it in and just saying, yeah, yeah. Like, that's all you need in that. It can be a tumultuous week. Like you were saying, a long week. Everything's going on. It's just uh, everything's coming at you from that end. And you can just hear that laughter or them, like, really discussing the movie or them completely ripping the movie to shreds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're all and they're all burning and, and they're all running on, on, on all four cylinders. It's, it's beautiful, man. That's Those are incredible things. I absolutely love them. Um, and so and so important. So very important. Another thing. That a lot of people will be would consider to be self care are comics, obviously. Um, Mark, what are three comics or three graphic novels that really hit you? Really hit me, I would say World War Hulk, okay, back in the day, World mm-hmm. War Hulk, Extremists, Ooh. Iron Man, okay, and then uh, the Nightfall series, mm-hmm. Man. yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Damn. So you that, went with <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> prime storytelling for me. They they th- those kinds of comics they really um were a good foundation for me to to, to write my own stuff. Uh, how they wove different aspects of story. You know, section A, section mm-hmm. B, section C to end up at the same place. You know, and, and the humanity of the characters is big in in these in these comics because these these comics huge events take place yeah. but at the same time you get to see how vulnerable these characters are because of that 
and I think that's really big. You need that in story, especially when these characters are so powerful. If you don't have the humanity, then there's nothing to laugh yeah. at. Yeah. You went, yeah, you're, you're the second person in a row, honestly, that has said, um, Hulk. Really? Said, um, yeah, your World War Hulk. Yeah, you're the second person in a row. I'm like, oh, damn. You hit it with Nightfall. That whole storyline was that was when events were actually events. Yeah. Where it wasn't, events are more now occurrences. They right. have all the time, but it was an event where it was like, like you would have stories that would happen, then you would have this big thing that would happen. And that was one of the most. <clears throat> iconic uh batman stories ever that whole thing of you know it, it, that was a that, that was a crap and those are those are prime choice that you get outstanding outstanding list. frederick what have you got so i i love reading marvel and dc but i'm going to take the opposite approach here from uh mark and i'm going to dive into uh the, the indian realm a little bit okay. uh, So my first my first one is excellence by brendan thomas Kahari Rendo. <laughs> I flip this whole table over if you don't stop, boy. I swear I Anubis wept. I will flip this whole table over. So when I read that book and everything, and, and you know, it, it it's an epic tale, just not magic, but it talks about legacy, the struggle with that legacy, the relationship that he have with his his dad and everything, his father and some relationship they have and everything, the struggle a little to a namesake. Uh, this pressure, this immense pressure upon this young man, uh, but to have society try to tell you who you're supposed to be versus your own person. Uh, to me, that was a great story, a great book. I love it. Mm -hmm. It's it's definitely one of my top tens of all time. Uh, it's just a great book. Uh, the next one, like I said, uh, from Godhood Comics to Antagonist. Again, talking about the family theme. Mm -hmm. uh, again, you look at a, a, a Tyler, Tyler Moore did a great job on this book. Maybe because he took kind of like a villain and kind of anti-hero in the way in the family uh, that's really struggling to maintain uh, this notion of trying to protect their families, but also kind of keep their past secret. Mm -hmm. And it's a tremendous past. Uh, and, and so, you know, the way he twists this, this notion of you can be the villain, but you can also be the hero in a way. And make them seem to be in a positive light versus a negative light. Uh, it's a great arc, some great storytelling. Uh, and then finally, Bitterroot. <laughs> Man, look, I'm gonna tell you something right now, boy. You, you better you. This this book right here. Oh yeah. yeah. Gosh, uh, David Walker, uh, Sanford Green, and everything. The artwork and everything is amazing. The Harlem okay. Renaissance, the era. Uh, the family dynamic piece and everything too. The just the battle of supernatural forces, uh, the combat and racism and the hatred and the way they told the story, it's a powerful tale, uh, and I really really enjoy that book. Uh, and, and so those are my favorite three books right now that I'm currently reading and everything. Continue to read over and over again and continue to learn something from uh, that I'm taking into a little bit into my story writing as well. Okay, so first off, you better just stop. First off. <laughs> And that's not a plant because I'm gonna wear that shirt tomorrow. That 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 was legit there. Excellence is in my top three comics. Wow. Because of yeah. that dynamic of the father and son, of yes. or parent and child, because I had a similar relationship with my father mm. in that. I mean, not with the magic aspect, obviously. I wish, <laughs> but just the fact of them going and and how 
he, he, uh, Spencer is trying to break this system. And then at the end of issue 12, you find out about more about the father. And when I read it, I was like, wait, hold on. I'm dying for them to do more of that story. Yes. I need at least two more arcs, please. It's one of my favorite. I, I collected every, every cover of the first arc. Literally every cover I have, even one that I had to mail away to a store in St. Louis, I believe, because it was an exclusive for them. I did it because that comic hit me so much mm-hmm. and I was so blown away. I was like, wait, wait, hold on. It's incredible. It's amazing. It's one of, like I said, my top three, it's phenomenal. Um, and it has a dear, a dear, dear place in my heart. Yes. Bitter root is just so it's, uh, it, it, when I was reading it, it was around the time that Lovecraft country w- was out. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. it was like a perfect yes. blend yes. of those two. And I was like, bet, like, how did y'all even like time this right? It felt mm. so good. Um, mm. I would, I'm, I'm, I believe they're going to be coming out with another story at some time for Bitterroot, set in a different time period, I think, but still dealing with the Sangri family, mm-hmm. or even. More, but it's yeah, yeah it's it, it was at that perfect time where I would read Bitterroot. And then I watch Lovecraft Country, great mix. and they were both hitting that spot of <laughs> ooh, damn! It's just yeah, it's I'm actually going through Excellence again now. Mm. I should actually read through um, a bit of Root again, but I'm also reading through Noble mm-hmm. as well, which is a phenomenal comic um, set in the Catalyst Prime universe. With those comics, were just phenomenal, and another one that really hit my heart. Um, and it's another Brandon Thomas comic. Brandon Thomas is one of my favorite writers. Um, yes. And Kyrie Randolph is one of my favorite artists. So for them to co-create excellence is part of why that comic hits so much. Look, those are phenomenal. Um, I'm, I'm sure people can obviously tell which comics hit me the most from you my did. reaction before you even <laughs> described the comic. I was ready to just go all like for alarm and just roll out on this thing. But yeah, those are phenomenal uh choices and picks and just ones that folks uh just from hearing them right now if you're able to go to your local comic book shop uh and yes. check them out and grab the um the trades and you're going to get such a great depth of story and you're going to honestly be very happy but what else but what else makes you happy is when you're done getting those comics there's always a great place to eat within at least five walking blocks always <laughs> there's always <laughs> always every comic book shop i've gone to i i walk out and i go there's like at least three four places that i could eat right now so obviously folks again i don't know why you're surprised it's in the title hungry bleak you you gotta stop with that (laughs) each of you can you give me a restaurant that you absolutely love and your favorite dish i'm gonna go with frederick so uh being in the military and everything i get a chance to travel the world and, and 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 be able to enjoy a lot of food i'm a foozy guy uh, but uh, during my time in Arizona and whatnot, and being from the South and being from Mississippi, I love seafood. And it's very hard to find sometimes on the West Coast, especially in Arizona. And lucky enough, I was recommended to a place, and I'm very picky when it comes to seafood and everything, but they say, you will love this place right here. Flavors of Louisiana. And they have a great menu that you would definitely, definitely love. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Joliet Rouge, the Joliet Rouge is one of my favorite dishes that has blackened catfish uh, with a bit of dirty rice. Uh, it's covered with uh, a crawfish seafood shrimp etouffee sauce. 
<laughs> Trust me. My wife do not love seafood as often as much as I do. And I, I told her to try it. And she mm-hmm. fell in love with it to where now she ordered it behind my back now. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's always your own people, ain't it? It's always your own people, ain't it? Always. But but they they you would not be disappointed. You would not be disappointed. Wow. The menu looks incredible. I mean, even from just the stills that are being shown, I'm mad at the people that are taking these pictures at the table. Like I would go over to the table and just and just pull the whole tablecloth off and just make sure all the plates spill. I'm mad at you yeah. eating food in front of me. Like even though I'm eating at my table too. I'm mad at you. Their entire menu is so good. good. <laughs> it looks incredible, amazing. I, I, yeah, I I'm always curious about what people are digging into, not just as far as like comics and content, but what they're, but what they love to eat. Uh, food is so very important. And, mm-hmm. you know, f- not just how the entertainment that we take in, but also the food that we take in, it can tell so much of, of us. And especially when it's a comfort food, comfort food can tell you the most about a person, yes. truthfully. And this is the time of year where comfort food is honestly very important. So, folks, that's Flavors of Louisiana. Um, when you look at the site, you will ball up your fist and get a little angry. Calm down. Take a deep breath. <laughs> drink some water. And if you can, and if you are in that area, just go to the restaurant and order the food. Don't sit there with a ball of fist because it's just not going it's, to. It's, the fist ain't going to unball until you eat something good. I'm going to be real. Mm-hmm. It's just not. I've, I've been there too many times. It's horrible. What about you, Mark? What have you got for us? Boy, Fred, I'm about to kill you, man, because you're making me hungry. <laughs> These images, boy. boy well, I, I, I was born in Jamaica, and my family cooks Jamaican food all the time. And I cook, um, I cook a lot. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pretty decent cook, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. So my, um, my palate is for Jamaican food is I'm, I'm, I'm pretty picky as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so. One of my best friends put me onto this restaurant called Ripe, Ripe Bar and Grill in Mount Vernon, New York. Mm. Right now, a sad story. I would say after I went there for the first time, the place actually burned down, oh, completely burned down, and they just reopened. I want to say toward the end of last year. But when I went there, I had a jerk. Uh, steak. It was the first one I've ever had at a restaurant. I do that all all the time for myself. But most restaurants, you know, they want to keep oh, the, the beef has its own flavor. You don't want to do too much. Whatever. If I'm going to a West Indian <laughs> restaurant, I want West Indian flavors. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that whatever? He told he told straight man, shut up. That steak was up. I want to say top three best steaks I've had. Oh, and I'm talking about mm-hmm. even compared to like your Peter Luger's, your Ruth Chris, those those mm-hmm. those steaks for mm-hmm. India. Wow. This wow. the steak here, oh it was so well seasoned and so the, the cook on it was fantastic. So I would say yes, please, if you go there, get the steak, don't bring any matches. They've had their their problems with that already. So just mm-hmm. leave that at home <laughs> and have some fun. Mount Vernon. Wow, I yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the. You know what gets me upset sometimes is when I when I read a menu and I know the food is going to be good because they don't even show pictures. They just give you a description. You like exactly. So you know your picture starting fights. Okay, cool. All right, all right, cool. Man. And just just looking at this first, like you, you got me with the with the uh, the original backyard jerk chicken, and then I see like like the big ass uh, jerk ribeye steak, folks. That's not me being funny. It literally says. 
big ass on the menu. That's not me trying to be funny. Normally, I would say something stupid like that, but this is literally it's in quotation marks even on the menu. Like, look, yeah. I mean, this that is, is uh, Jamaican beachside style scary. fried fish. Goat. Yes, oh my goodness, that goat is so good. <laughs> curry goat is it? I can tell you right now, it's good. You got the curry goat. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, braised oxtail and beans. Mm-hmm. This is how you know it's messed up too. It Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Don't come here on no Monday asking for it. I will beat you. Don't don't don't, oh. don't come here on Monday asking for it. That's that's yeah. how you know it's real. That's, oh you know, my goodness! This recipe, this menu is just yeah. Oh my god! And they they yeah. do catering, um, the cookbook as well. Wow, that's Ooh. yeah. That's what's that's, yeah. that's nice. Yes. Very nice. That's how you know it's good. Hey, I'll give you the recipe, but it's still not going to be as good as mine. That's how you <laughs> right, know. Right, that's right, that. Right. Don't come here asking for the. Don't come here asking for the oxtail on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. And but here's the <laughs> recipe, and still as good as ours. That's confidence. I love it. I, this is amazing. I absolutely love this. Uh, yeah, this is. Uh, every time someone comes in, they give a recipe. Like, excuse me, a restaurant. I I have like this bucket list. Mm-hmm. And these restaurants are incredible. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to scratch two of them off of the bucket list. Um, there was a place in New York that a friend told me about, which is perfect for geek. Um, it's a place called Eight Bit Bites, where they have like big screen TVs at the tables where you can play games, like video games, oh, cool. and plus yeah. eat. And uh, and um, like my guest said that it was it was a perfect kind of like date night thing that him and his wife would do. You know, like if they had a date night, they had opportunity, they would go there, they would eat. You know, and spend also time playing the games, just having a great time, milkshakes, everything. But the two, uh, the two, uh, I, yeah, between flavors of Louisiana and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just stop doing this show. I'm gonna stop asking all about food. I'm just getting angry. No reason at all. I'm a grown ass five foot five man. And I'll be mad at y'all choices sometimes. Don't be real. <laughs> I almost get resentful. I mean, I really like, I appreciate all of you and I love your artworks, but I get resentful sometimes that y'all be out here eating like this and then y'all come and throw it in my face. <laughs> knowing I ain't even in that state. It's just, it's it's just rude. It's, it's rude and inconsiderate, really. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, some of y'all need help. Like, some of y'all really need therapy, for real. I'm going to be honest with you. Oh. Anyway. Oh. Uh, the- <laughs> no, but seriously, those are phenomenal. i I'm I'm looking at that um that that jerk steak got me that jerk steak like, but then you gonna come with that seafood and that guy yeah mm-hmm. again <laughs> not only do my guests bring it with the comics and the art and the writing and the incredible um, stuff they're doing as far as the medium but they're coming with incredible recommendations of comics that they love and also phenomenal restaurants that are doing it incredible doing it big um and that are doing it all the time well except for um right because don't you ask for that octail on monday tuesday or wednesday because you about to get beat up you about to straight get beat up you about to get you thursday friday saturday sure but don't you come in here on no money talk about man i'm gonna nope. my octail get out get out yeah security get out don't don't bother so for I'm just mad because I'm not eating that steak right now. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm mad. It's late, but I'll, I'll eat that steak right now. <laughs> Folks, look, um, 
Wiseacre Comics is one of those companies that when I talk about their comics, I'm legit saying, yes, do it. If I'm putting in for a Kickstarter, because I don't put in for a lot of Kickstarters now because it's just a lot of the stuff isn't hitting me as much as it should. Wiseacre has hit me consistently. And the fact that Wiseacre is growing and bringing in incredible talent, <clears throat> excuse me, like Mark Glaive, like Nigel Lynch, to be a part of that family means a lot. It's growing the community. It's building more con um, uh, uh, connective tissue. And it's bringing in the right people with incredible talent to just bring you even more stories that are amazing. That's why you should go and definitely pledge for the Kickstarter for Dark Sentinel. And while you're there, I want you to just open up another tab and go to Wiseacre. Check out what they've got going on. Because Phenomenal Comics, Magnus, like I said, is one that I absolutely caught me off guard and I enjoyed it so much. And you'll see so many other stories there by Wiseacre and the incredible creative teams that they have there. Gentlemen, thank you so very much for being here. I truly appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your time, uh, your your art, your stories with me, and um, those um, absurdly rude uh, restaurants um, with the amazing food. <laughs> that I'm obviously going to get arrested for when I go there because um, <laughs> I'm going to have to call security on me when I order that oxtail at noon on Monday, Monday. when it ain't even open, obviously. <laughs> so, folks, I don't even know where that came from. Folks, thank you so very much. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Be well. Be safe. Uh, take care of yourselves and your loved ones. And remember to keep turning those pages because your story is not over yet. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Have a great day. Enjoy it, folks. I will see you next week. All right. All right. So put on some pants, y'all. Please. Thank you. <laughs>